morning. Uh, if everybody can find their spot, come in if you want to, so we can get started together. Um, I've been thinking a lot about this concept of rest that Carol has been impressing upon us over this past series of weeks, and it's interesting, you know, and I listened to some good talks that discussed rest, really emphasized rest, that that's the only place that we can actually go to, to begin to really experience the peace, the love, the freedom from fear that God offers us, and uh, this is a psalm that I always, have always just loved. Uh, I would read it, and I would just long to have what it speaks of, but I really didn't have it, and I would just meditate upon it and hope that I could experience this, and yet only in recent days have I begun to uh, somewhat have the experience of what this psalm describes. It's Psalm 112. I'm not going to read the entire thing, just some selected verses. I'll start in the beginning, though, because it does say, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. His offspring will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Light dawns in the darkness for the upright. He is gracious, merciful, and righteous. It is well with a man who deals generously and lends, who conducts his affairs with justice. For the righteous will never be moved. He will be remembered forever. He is not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. His heart is steady. He will not be afraid until he looks in triumph on his adversaries. Um, there's a few more verses, but it's actually that part not being afraid of bad news, heart being steady, not being afraid. I would read that. I would think I really would like to have that. <laughs> you know, uh, running a business, working as a physician, um, you know, so many different pieces of communication that you know, can speak of bad news and feeling a sense of fear and anxiety and all the uncertainty and I wanted so badly just to be able to be free of that. And uh, even in my work, just observing the nature of sickness, and what affects people, and it didn't take long into my clinics to recognize that chronically being afraid causes a lot of sickness in mind and body, and that there were a lot of possible causes of the afflictions people who were coming to me may have, but it seemed like fear was a very common one and maybe the hardest to resolve. And uh, there's one other, that one Psalm 131 that came to me because this is a state that I have been able to experience recently, especially in our worship together. Oh Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes, my eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me, but I have calmed and quieted my soul like a winged child with its mother, like a winged child is my soul within me. O Israel, hope in the Lord, 
from this time forth and forevermore. And this ability to be at rest, uh, it, in order to experience this freedom, then uh, it's all about belief. Uh, not staying in a state of unbelief, which I realized was most of my challenge. Not a lack of belief in God, who He is, His power, His might, His salvation, His Son, His omnipotent you know, uh, reign over everything. I just didn't fully believe that His love could cover me. It seemed like it was too much. And uh, it's, the more I've let go of that and the more I've embraced the idea that he did do it all. And I can just rest in that. And I can just let my soul, like a winged child, relax into that. Uh, it's been wonderful. Last night I went to a formal event. It was a big formal event. There are a lot of people there. You bump into a lot of folks, have a lot of conversations, and really wonderful, lots of wonderful people I haven't seen in a while. And it's always, you know, how are you doing? How's your family? How are your children? What's going on in your business? We all ask each other these questions. And I kept finding myself kind of stumbling a bit to give the answer. Um, just the usual, everybody's well, my kids are well. And it's all true right now. We have been blessed. But I kept, because when they're like, well, what are you up to? What are you doing? And I, I finally would just say, I, I'm just resting. And they'd be like, what do you mean? I'd be like, like, well, I'm just resting. And like, are you still going to your office? You're like, yeah. <laughs> you know? I'm still showing up to work. I'm still present. I'm still paying attention. I'm still addressing what's in front of me. But for the most part, I'm just trying to rest and let my father work. And a number of times, the person I was spoken to, instead of looking at me like I was totally weird, just stopped and looked me in the eyes and was like, I really need that. And I was like, people are, people are really hungry for this. They're tired. They're tired of being afraid. They're tired of being stressed. They need this rest. And as we move into this time of worship, regardless of the intensity and again, all the various distractions and the pressure we may feel as we go deeper in, I know God, that great, great love that we can believe in is there to provide rest, real rest, the kind of rest that will heal us in spirit and body. So let's get some rest. Why am I discouraged? 
mentioned this for the last three weeks, but I'm going to mention it this morning. Habakkuk, he makes this declaration. He says, I will stand at my watch post. I will remain stationed on the city wall. I will keep watching. 
so that I can see what the Lord says to me. And I can know how I should answer when he counters my argument. to me that every time the Lord comes near all these other things begin to come up the argument the counter argument but when the Lord comes near in his steadfast love the love that the glory when the glory came down on Israel and they proclaimed his mercy and his steadfast love endures forever and whatever arguments may come up in our hearts or objections may happen in us it seems like the closer the word comes the argument and the counter argument comes up in us but if you'll allow him he'll come right on through all the forms the formulas you let him format you? Will you allow him to have you as a blank slate with no argument or a counter argument? Yes. And just say, Lord, it's your covenant that you keep and I trust you this morning. I trust you with my whole self. I trust you beyond the veil. I trust you in the things I can't even understand. I pray that you would draw me into yourself. And if you ask him, he'll come in. You just say, Lord, come in. Invade my space. In the midst of standing, not understanding, invade me. I don't always have to understand to trust. My heart is going to say, I'm going to transition my trust over to you right now. In the middle of what I see, maybe I don't like it. Maybe I do. It doesn't matter. He told me this week, he said, this people, I would give them the sevenfold spirit. If they'll go beyond what their eyes see and what their ears hear, I'll give them me. I'll give you my steadfast love and his glory is beginning to come down the kavod of Yahweh. And every time he comes, it's like, ah, I don't understand. And that doesn't make sense to me, but if you just let him. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Behold, I'm standing at the door and knocking on your heart right now. And when we've done all, we stand. But in the midst of the standing, Lord, come in. You have to ask him. You have to get your eyes off this atmosphere and your eyes off of people and eyes off yourself and just say, Lord, I want you. I just want you. Don't worry about anything else. Just I want you, Lord. And the Lord responded. Write down the message and record it legibly on tablets. 
so the one who announces it may read it easily. For the message is a witness to what is decreed. It gives reliable testimony about how matters will turn out. And even if the message is not fulfilled right away, wait patiently, for it will certainly come to pass. What he spoke to you, the promises that he's placed in you, wait patiently, for it will certainly come to pass. And he says, look, the one whose desires are not upright will faint from exhaustion. Don't become weary in well-doing. For in due season, you will reap if you faint not. But we are not of those who draw back. No. And you're not of those who draw back. Further, further in, further, further in, and further up and further in, further up and further in.
holds me hostage You open up the doors And you set me free And I run into your arms Come and have it our praise We long for you And all we've got is
outshines the sun. sensitive about what the Holy Spirit is saying. If you had to move out of your seat to go, you know, get somebody's hand open. I want us to just pray over each other. The Lord, He keeps saying to me that 
Um, <laughs> I want to do some electromagnetic shock therapy. <laughs> and um, he said that there's issues uh, with some of us that have been dealing with depression. You know, I don't want to say, oh yeah, come forward because you're depressed because people aren't going to come forward and make you feel bad. You might become more depressed. But you just sharing with me, I really want to just like come in with light. A few weeks ago, he says, what? You don't think I can heal TBI, traumatic brain injury? And I said, I, I didn't say anything, Lord. I, I didn't know you couldn't. I didn't, I didn't say anything. You know, but he, he's like, I want to heal some issues with the mind. And some of us, and I'm not, I don't know who, who you are or whatever, are dealing with some things that are just taking us into a place of despair during the week or maybe during the night. And the enemy's trying to come and unload himself on you, uh, get you to choose a different thing to take care of your need with your mind. And you feel this come over you and you told me, I just really, really want to touch them this morning. I don't want to stop that. And what I was wondering if you would do is uh, pray for your neighbor, um, right or left, because some of you are on the outside, some of you are on the left side, and some on the right side. And just begin to pray over each other and just bless the person beside you while the Lord releases his healing in here. And believing for this healing, have an expectation this is what I've been dealing with. The Lord sees me. He sees that, you know, when I am going through what I'm having to deal with, whatever your circumstance is, and it seems like it's just overwhelming you. And it's it, maybe you're up in the middle of the night, or maybe it's during the day, and just something's coming at you and it's trying to take you out. That that the Lord is telling me, I, what Stephen's singing, I want to put joy there somehow Paul in the middle of his suffering and everything he was going through he makes this declaration and he says I say you know rejoice and it, rejoice again I say rejoice and it, it can lift your thing out of your mind because this circumstance is trying to pervade itself onto the way you think and get you into a different mindset that the mindset of the father who delights in you it wants to tell you a different story. Your circumstances are trying to array themselves against you, but they're not the story of the Father concerning you. They're not. Lord, release. Release. Release, I pray right now that synapses that have been not fired off in your mind for a generational millennium of generations where there was fear and anxiety and tried to come against you and your ancestors. And I just pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would do something right now. Open up, open up. Open up new neural pathways and new, new pathways to look at things and see things from a different perspective. Release, release right now, Lord. Just stay.
stay right here. Just wait on the Lord. Pray for one another. Pray for the person beside you. my story it's trying to tell me a different story it's not the one he told me about I don't buy into it no I buy into what your word says yes breakthrough breakthrough Lord break in Lord take and speak this to the Lord I'm your beloved I'm yours say it to the Lord I'm yours Lord I'm yours I'm yours Lord I'm yours I'm yours Lord I'm yours Lord
Psalms 2. Why do the nations rebel? Why are the countries devising plots that will fail? The kings of the earth form a united front. The rulers collaborate against the Lord and his anointed king. They say, let's tear the shackles they've put on us. Let's free ourselves from their robes. But the one in the heavens lies in disgust. The Lord taunts them. He angrily speaks to them. He terrifies them in his rage saying, I myself have installed my king on Zion, my holy hill. And the king says, I will announce the Lord's decree. He said to me, you are my son. This very day, like do, I have begotten you. You're the one begotten of the Father. Ask me. Ask me. I will give this nation I will give this nation as an inheritance to you. Ask me. Ask, we ask you, Lord. We ask you, Lord, for this nation. We ask you, Lord. We ask you, Father. And I know if I hear you, and I know you hear me, if I ask anything in your name, it will be done. And I know you hear me now, Father. I know you hear me here on the earth. And I know I'm yours, and I know you're mine. And I know I'm the begotten of the Father. I know I came from you. And I'm going back to you. I know you're my father. And I'm your son. And so I ask you. Bring an awakening on this land. Let the glory come down. Let the glory of the Lord shine across this nation. Son of righteousness with healing in your wings. I ask you to mount up wings of eagles and though we've waited for you Lord we know you will not delay for I know you Lord and I know you're my father I'm coming back to you that was born from you born from above
Come down, Lord. Give us this nation, Lord. Great are you, Lord. Great are you, glory, Lord. Great are you, Lord. And greatly to be praised. Great is your mercy, Lord. With healing in his wings, he is rising. And every eye will see and every ear will hear, he is rising. Son of righteousness is rising, is rising, is rising, just like he said he would, just like he said he would, just like he said he would. Oh, oh you are true, you are light, you are light. You are being born son of righteousness is rising, is rising just like he said he would. Oh, just like he said he would. We can take. Child, oh, cause we've got the word of the Lord, oh, and we can take these giants and we. Got the word of the Lord. Take a chance and be strong. 
the giants aren't all these things out there They're in the minds and hearts of each one of us And don't be fooled The giants aren't somewhere out there They're in the hearts and minds of each one of us Oh, you have the word of God saves me you're my refuge I called on the name of the Lord for I say you're worthy you're worthy 
you're worthy. Worthy is the lamb that was slain. Worthy, worthy are you, Lord. Worthy are you, Lord. Worthy of all praise and honor is to you, Lord. Lift up your voices to the Lord and give him the praise that he's due. Power 
I am the millennial monarch. <laughs> yes, Father. I am. Welcome to the millennium. Welcome to the crossing over. Welcome to the outside, into the eternal. infinite infant <laughs> know who you are you're just an infinite infant oh and we know nothing Lord we confess we know nothing. We are nothing without you. confess I'm wretched and I'm blind and I'm poor and I'm naked and who is like you there's none like you Lord there's none like you Lord invade our space Lord invade 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 our persons invade our persons Lord
I've ever wanted It is found in you And everything I've ever wanted It is found in you And of all the strong and you are the kindness And oh my sweetest friend You are the avalanche That falls upon us In the end My one, my constant, my king And brother, my home is ever where your heart hovers and my one my constant my king and brother my hope is ever where your heart hovers my one my constant my king and brother my home is ever where your heart hovers my home my constant my king and brother my home is ever where your heart hovers when the day has run its course you are the goodness and you are my reward you are the goodness when the day has run its course and you are the goodness and you are my reward you are the goodness of all the strong and able you are the kindness And of all the strong and able You are the kindness Morning X2M 115 Starchild XM <laughs> Isaiah chapter 13, verse 2. On a bare hill, raise a signal flag. Shout to them, wave your hand. Wave your hand. That they may enter the gates of the princes. Isaiah chapter 18, verse 3. All you who live in the world, who reside on the earth, you will see a signal flag raised on a mountain you will hear the trumpet being blown. Isaiah chapter 11, verse 10 through 11. At that time, a root of Jesse will stand like a signal flag for the nations. Nations will look to him for guidance and his residence. The resting place, the menu hat. Remember, we went through, thank you, we went through Macomb, we went through Mishkanot, and we went now looking at the menu hat, the resting place of God. Welcome to the seventh day. 
Welcome to the consummation of the ages. Welcome to the preparation here for the transition in the, the 7,000 year of this earth, right? The millennial reign, a literal upcoming thousand year reign. He said this resting place will be majestic, kabod. That's the word there, kabod in the Hebrew. It means there'll be a heaviness. There'll be a burden. But maybe not like the burden that we think about, but the one that is yoke is easy and his, his burden is light. This kabod, this glory. I think many of you have probably been experiencing it and people outside of this room are watching. It's this like weightiness that's come to us and starting to lay in our midst with us and beginning to reveal the inconsistency. It, it started, I think, with, and I mean, in this nation, the nation of the world with COVID-19, the crown reaper, the exposure of the crown, the, mon the grand monarch is coming. And he, he told me back in 09, he says, I'll bring a crown reaper, a global crown reaper, because I'm going to expose this duplicity of the blue and the red based system because I'm gonna prepare a people royal for me. And so the kabod of God has been coming to us and upon us. And I think to encourage you, I think that this has been happening to you and what it's doing is exposing our fears, our unbelief, our lack of courage, our anger, our formulas, our, what we think God looks like, our own image, our own likeness of God. And the exposure's coming and, and it, it does not feel necessarily good. When Kavod comes on, the glory comes. I, I have been waiting for years like, I can't wait till the glory comes because so much favor is gonna be on us and there'll be no more uh, stigma. <laughs> More favor apparently brings more stigma than the wilderness did. The stigma heats up in the midst of favor when the glory cloud comes down on Israel and Judah to bring us together. There's been an, that exposure that we've been feeling. And I mean, it's a miracle that you're even in this room. Now, I'm not surprised this room's not filled up at all. I'm surprised that it's as full as it is because I guarantee you that you're being challenged like you've never been challenged in your life to be dedicated to one and loyal to one royal, our king. I'm talking about consummate loyalty with your eyes, consummate loyalty with your actions, no get backs, no working an angle, no manipulation, no hedging, just he's the royal, I execute on what he tells me. I want obedience more than sacrifice, says the Lord. You do what I tell you to do. Now he told me, he said, I'm the millennial monarch. <laughs> I'm running everything and I'm in charge. And people don't like you to tell them what to do. No one likes that, especially in this generation. I'm military trained, so telling you what to do, and I'm daddy trained. <laughs> uh, yes, sir, uh, don't go behind his back. Don't say anything different than what he says. Execute, be quiet, 
you don't agree, don't tell everybody about it. Do what you're told to do. Like that. You know, at ease. Now, okay, yeah, let's do this thing. Whatever you say, Father. People don't like me. So what? I don't like myself. So what? (laughs) What are you going to do? You going to do what I tell you to? Are you going to obey me? Are you going to... Because I'm not gonna impose my will on you, but for the one that will, like, come in, I'll tell you what to do. <laughs> you know, if you say, I, if you say, I, come and do, have your ways, like, okay, that's what I want you to do. But I'm not gonna make you do anything. I won't force you to do anything. I won't manipulate you to do anything. But if you ask me, I have some things I'd like to say to you. And so we're in this moment where the kavod comes in, or the kavod or kabod, or however you want to pronounce that. There's probably a proper pronunciation, having this burden, but also, listen, riches. This is the Hebraic look of kabod, riches, reputation, importance, glory, splendor. I mean, Stephen's singing this, we didn't come into the wilderness for nothing, did we? I think that you know that the Lord wants to enthrone himself in you and cause glory and splendor to radiate out of your life if you're truthful. That you have something going on in your life that has meaning and purpose and we're being pulled out of a a wilderness mindset into a promised land reality of this millennial heaven on earth in our midst, full access into the kingdom And there is a resistance inside because so many have been in the wilderness for so long that they don't know how to put on glory. And the Lord is dealing with that, uh, dealing with that in our midst and dealing with that uh, in the nation. You must allow yourself to be brought into distinction. He keeps telling me this. He said, don't resist me. You must, you must metamorphosize You must change now. You cannot go back where you have been. You cannot cannot take that form anymore. You must, you must embrace my kavod. You must let me glorify you. You know, remember, I taught this back at YMI. He said, John the Baptist said, he must, he must, he must increase, I'll decrease. And the Lord told me that's plus and negative. That's plus negative thinking. He said, that guy's head's gonna come off. He says in John 17, John is not Jesus, is he? John, they said, you know, the man came to prepare the way of the Lord. He is not the Lord. Do you see the difference? It is so crucial that you embrace what is being said to you right now because it says he was an ascetic. He was out in the wilderness eating camel's hair and, and eating locusts and wild honey, and Jesus is a wine bibber and a glutton. Jesus, the characterization of Jesus was juxtaposed in their hour, a clear juxtaposition between the Baptist calling for repentance and this man who's saying, Father, glorify me so that I might glorify you. Don't resist him. He's going to come down and start messing with all of our ideas. I know he's messing with mine. And it's not easy to have a, uh, the Lord having his own come out inside of us. <laughs> you know, 
He's like, I'm wanting to have a full expression of myself in my people. Don't resist me, what I'm about to do. Go ahead and embrace it. At that time, the sovereign master will again, second time it says, X2M, he's gonna raise up a second exodus. He said to me, exit to millennium. I'm gonna raise up, he says a second time, he will lift his hand, I'm in Isaiah 11, 11, I will a second time raise my hand, the Lord to reclaim the remnant of his people from Assyria, Egypt, Pathros, Cush, Elam, Shinar, Hamath, and the seacoast. Uh, will you put up the uh, Davidic monarch symbol, please? So a couple Saturdays ago, I'm sitting before the Lord and I said, he's like, opens my eyes while I'm reading Zechariah. And, and I mentioned this last week, I'm just gonna lightly touch on it again because we've done a little bit more work with this. And it's, I think it's probably hard to see, but it, it says Davidic monarchy and it's got a symbol here. And what, what he shared with me or, or showed me was four eschatological positions on this. And he's called this right here, or this section here, the atomic locus. The atomic locus has to do with our local family and our relationship within our family units and the kingdom of God being expressed and being restored that Adam and Eve lost, in short. And the way that that's been looked at eschatologically by theologians is they've used the word preterism there. And the Lord said, I wanna change the language of your eschatology, and so you call it locus instead of preterism. And then he began to move down this right here, and he said, this section here to you will be amillennialism or atomic menace, which is a kind of a play on words with our atomic menace. Because his name Manus means son of, McManus means son of the hand. And that the Amil reality was the kingdom of heaven is meant to be expressed right now. And there's truth in that because the, the Jesus said it. He said, that, he said oh, listen, repent and believe DBRA, death, burial, resurrection, ascension. Believe that message in yourself, not just intellectually or emotionally, but believe and live a pattern of the gospel in your life you have access now into the kingdom. And so we, so there's truth in our meal in that sense. And then he says, now go over here, and he called this atomic conus, which he said is a word for the continental United States. It's like an acronym. We call it conus in the military. But he also said all the continents of the world. Because he's, there's going to be expression and you see this in Isaiah 11, 11 here, of the Lord reaching his hand from a McManus, Tom McManus reality, Amil, into the nations, Conus. He's going to express himself on a global scale. Again, Isaiah 11, 11, I'm gonna raise my hand and reclaim the remnant of his people. And what, what I begin to, understand with this is that without this, this locus and without this manus, you can't have this conus, like a global outreach of the remnant being restored. And then here, nexus. The glorification, sanctification to glorification, this is where we're headed. You're going to put on a 
completely changed body. And, and then he took this symbol here and he's like, I just fold it up and it's an M. Someone else wrote me this week and said, if you turn it 90 degrees up on its side, you have a bow. <laughs> and I thought, wow. Someone else wrote me and said, if you turn it over, you have a W. And you might have like male and wife, you know, woman, <laughs> man and woman. And you have a picture that begins to form here of this complex structure that I'm all about finding the base pattern in something. I'm looking, I'm digging down until I can find what is in the structure. And this is what I discovered in the book of Zechariah. In the book, it's broke up into uh, seven visions and seven burdens, or what are called uh, uh, glory burdens. These are called the night visions, and this side is called the to bear the burden. In this side, it's interesting when you look in Zechariah, you'll see the Lord riding in on a donkey. But on this side, you'll see him riding in on a red horse because he's represented both as king and high priest. And so this picture, this pattern, and I got a little bit like, I don't know what to say last week. I got a little stuck because there's so much depth here that has, and there's been so much confusion concerning eschatology in times and we haven't seen, I, I think, a whole picture. And um, the Lineker, he wrote uh, Stephen and I this week, and he began to be able to map onto this, the book of Revelation. And I think we're on to something. I'm not declaring that we got the whole picture figured out. I mean, this is an introductory structure to just put something out, I believe, is being received from the Lord. So what this is in poetic device on one side of the wing is it's called a, a, a chiasm. And a chiastic structure is, it looks you know, like this, it looks like a V like this. And so what you have, and we've went through this in Psalms 110, one through seven, is verse one, two, three, four is out at the point, five, six, seven. And you'll see one and seven will have a matching understanding, and then you know, two and six, and then uh, three and five, and then four is out right out the front. And in this pattern, you also have this. And I mentioned this last week that in the, the D here, the A here, and the D here, you always see a picture of the coronation ceremony of a priest king. And all of those vectors, if you wanna call that, or uh, where it comes to a point, you'll see a priest king coronation. Here in um, Zechariah 3, 1 through 10, you'll have Joshua the high priest, remember, having the filthy garments taken off of him. And he's being invested with royal garments and he's going to have a miter put on his head. And remember who's standing there to accuse him? Satan is there to accuse him. And he, and, and he says, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. And then in, in that place, there's an investiture that is taking place. Here in 6, 9 through 15, there's also the picture of priest king and it says and he, in 13, it says, and he shall be a priest upon his throne and a king and the council of peace shall be between them both. This is penultimate for our reality because this doesn't just relate to national and global governments. This relates back to locusts, our family units, husband and wife, 
and the counsel of peace shall be between them both. Lord, thank you for that. Counsel of peace. It relates also to our, uh, our reality of accessing into the kingdom. What I've noticed, like what we're experiencing here in these events, and I don't know what, necessarily I haven't interviewed all of you and what you're going through, but I can tell you what some of you have said to me. There's been so many things trying to collude themselves over to your mind and get you distracted. Pews, sound, lights, haze machine, cameras, whatever, it, back from taking us back into a bygone era that it seemed like trying to get us to throw us into that mindset. And then the Lord's like, come through, come through it and come into me. And all these things are trying to interfere with us, people around us, their expression of worship, whatever. I want you to see beyond into me. And then what I've noticed in the interviews I've done with some of you, that if you'll cross that dimensional space, he comes in and you experience his love. And then, at least with me, what I experience after the love comes in, I experience this courage. Uh, you see some of that. It's like a love, relational love, comes into us in the midst of glory, and then this courage raises up. Now, I hope that all of you, if you haven't experienced that courage, that you will. It's like a, you know, ah! <laughs> you know like, bring it. I don't really, I need the love and you need the love, but I love the other part better. <laughs> it must be the maleness. I, I don't know, but I don't think it's male or female. I believe this courage raises up inside the human soul and says, I want what you want, Father. And you took care of me, now I'm gonna take care of you. And you didn't have to take care of me, but you did. There's many times in our events in the worship here, he'll say, you have to deal with their felt needs. And I'm like, ah, you know, and you know, hopefully you don't feel, get upset with me about that. Because I just want to get into the, I want to stick it to the enemy and take the whole nation for Jesus. I mean, that's where I'm at most of the time in my mind. And he said, well, he tells me this morning, he's like, well, in this hour, I'm not going to just have a Moses going up a mountain to be transfigured by me and all the people stand back and watch. I'm going to have my whole people come to me. And I said to the Lord this morning, I said, that is the hardest thing. <laughs> you know, I was like, I think it was, I don't know if it was easier for Moses because when he came down the mountain, he threw the tap, you know, I mean, he's mad. So I don't know if he was doing better that way or not. He's angry because he's got a high priest on the ground and a king up here and it's supposed to be together. And Moses had made the Lord angry because he didn't want to blend the offices. And so the Lord gets down here to the end of the age and he's like, enough of this. I'm tired of this split thing. I'm tired of church splits. I'm tired of uh, kingdom splits. I'm tired of the whole thing. I want to put my full high priest and my full kingship in my people. And if they'll come to me I, and say, Lord, I'll take all of you, I'll give them all of me. And I won't have to have a Moses and an Aaron. I'll have Moses and Aaron inside of them. I'll give them my whole entire self. And when you get into, i getting excited about it. So, calm down, Carol. <laughs> no, don't calm down. You know, uh, here. Zachariah has to be a personal um, participant. 
and so are you. Welcome to the participation of the ages. You're gonna participate in this. It's not gonna be one long weird guy in a full white, oh, <laughs> oh man, this has been challenging. Look like a pillow. <laughs> no, I want participation, Zachariah, and you can look at these texts later, now, please do, as we unpack this thing. Hey, Klesa, I the Lord wants to do this to you, you know. Drew Bryant, the Lord wants to do this to you. It's Phil Dietz, the Lord wants to do this to you. He wants participation. He doesn't want just, okay, this guy's the high priest, obviously, and he's getting a transfer out uh, into king priesthood. Awesome, Joshua, you're amazing. And then, you know, speaking of the branch, the Lord right here in the middle, and yes, like leadership, yeah. You know, the branch of the Lord, full priest. No, but I want participation in my family. I want all of you to have that, which Moses only partially had. And I'm gonna use this to raise up a move of my spirit in this last day to bring my people, my remnant family, into my royalty. I'm tired, the words, I tell you, he tells me stuff like this. I'm sick of it, man. And he talks to me like that. He might not talk to you like that, but he said, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of what's been going on. And my boy, he paid for this. And I'm not gonna give my people second best. And don't you do it either. You know, uh, yes, Lord. You know, not me, Lord. Well, be a participant then. Allow yourself participation. And um, so in relationship, in that day, Matthew 24, 30, also there shall be a root of Jesse who shall stand as a banner for the peoples, the nations will rally to him and the royal resting place will be the glory. Again, in these verses, it's said that in that day, the day of, listen to this, the eschatological restoration the day of the, the Tekun Olam, of an exiled remnant. The Lord will set up an ensign. Here's your sign. He told me, you found it, there it is. When we first, before we got here, as many as you know, because we did the double helix, and that's the most phenomenal thing I've ever seen in my life. 10 aspects of Jesus' Christology and anthropology put together. Before that, we have some amazing experiences with the Lord, but he's, I, we got here and I said, Stephen, I said, man, I do not know what the pattern is. I, I'm always given a pattern. I haven't received one. And it wasn't, again, till last, last Saturday, sitting before the Lord in Charlotte at a kid's kitchen or a kid's little table. I'm sitting down like this and he just opens my eyes. And I said, what is that? And, and he, he showed me this. I'm going to, the Lord's gonna set up an ensign or a sign for the nations and they shall assemble the outcast of Israel and they'll gather together the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. The Lord himself in us, enthroned in you, in me, in the glory is the rallying banner for the final universal assembly of the Lord. 
And you want the millennial monarch on your, boom, right here on your heart. You want this M. You want full loyalty to him because this king is coming. He's coming. He's going to split the eastern sky. And you want the M. You want it. You want it worse than anything you could even imagine or think of or taste. You want this monarch, this one who rules the nations to completely have everything of your life completely to himself. Because every knee's gonna bow and tongue confess he's the Lord. We don't want some kind of partial Christianity or partial aspect of it's about me. No, you want the M. You want the ensign, boom, emblazoned on your chest. And your whole being, your whole DNA structure is like, has the monarch running it. As he's coming, literally. Some people have confused this and they said, well, no, Jesus Christology is mine and, and that's it. There's no literal second coming. And then there's these people who's like, yeah, there's a second coming, but there's no Christology. Like he's not mine. I'm like, no, it's both. He's coming for a bride without spot or wrinkle. And he's the only one that can do that. The Holy Spirit's in a move right now, testing the loyalty and moving the hearts of his people, his remnant together. And I'll tell you, we will be so united together when he is the number one on the human soul. There will be no more broken unity in God's house or the people of the Lord. We will love each other like you have never known. He promised me this. He said, you will see steadfast love like you've never witnessed. You will be closer to your brothers and sisters than you can even conceive of. I am drawing a people to me. And when we're loyal to him, you're royal. (laughs) Your loyalty is a test of royalty. I'll tell you something. You will be tested to see where your loyalties lie. You will be threatened. Some of you with your lives... I don't want to scare everybody, but it's in the word of God. Your lives will be threatened. Your economics will be threatened. Uh, People, whether they like you or not, will be threatened for a consummate, dedicated loyalty to him. That's why I said it's a a wonder that you're even here. Uh, Years ago, Henry said, there's a remnant. You don't call me Carol, but I wish you would, but he calls me pastor of Okay, but there's a, there's a remnant out there, Carol. The Lord sees them. And Henry's heart, you know, so loving towards those people is like, we must do this podcast. We must get this thing out. No, I don't want to do it. I'd just rather go crawl in a hole somewhere and hide. No! And if you felt that way too, no, I'm going to set you up in my, myself and you as an ensign. I'm going to put a banner over you. I'm going to imprint my cross on your forehead, you're mine. You're going to feel like this. He's been giving me a picture of Jesus being thrown over the cliff. Remember that? Because he's trying to hook everybody up with a crown, with some oil, with a super suit. (laughs) Just read it, Isaiah. And they're going to kill the man because he was trying to bless all of them. And I don't know why we're like this as people. Nope, he wouldn't do that for me. I don't... It's the most false humility and most pride and arrogance you could ever have when the, Lord, the king of glory is trying to come in and give us everything himself. 
And they go to throw him off the cliff and he does this. He just walks right back through the crowd. Because until the father appointed his crucifixion, the man, no one's gonna touch him. Nobody can say anything, do anything to him that the father doesn't permit. You know, he told Pilate that. I'm sure Pilate's like, who's this guy I think he is? <laughs> this carpenter from Nazareth, your father. I mean, I'm sure he wanted to mock that man. Look at this, or it says um, several times elsewhere in Isaiah, he speaks of the glory spirit as the banner. In Isaiah 31, the Lord's descent over Zion for the defense of Jerusalem is compared with, listen to this, birds of flight. So in 31, I believe it's verse four, the latter part, he's comparing the banner to a bird of flight, right? If you know your Bible really well. And he's pictured as a flaming ensign. It's called a nest, from which the enemy princes will flee in panic. <laughs> I love that. In Isaiah 49, after the promise to give the servant as a light, to whom those in darkness will come from afar, God further promises, I'll lift up my hand to the Gentiles and set my standard. I'll set a standard to the people. And as a result, the sons and daughters of Zion will be brought home from the land of the Gentiles as a prey, rescued from the oppressors. The hand standard, in verse 22, this in Isaiah 49, and the servant light of verse six accomplished the same mission of a worldwide ingathering and are to be identified so that here, as it is in Isaiah 11 that we're looking at earlier, the messianic servant is seen as himself, the glory light banner. Oh, Carol, what are you talking about? God has a family. The Lord has his servants all over the earth. The Lord installing the, M, the monarch on the soul becomes like a flaming sign. Becomes the ensign that shines bright in the public sphere. The servant is also like the banner themselves and become one. Because the glory spirit, the glory of God, the kavod is on us. Radiating light. You'll shine like the stars. How did they know? <laughs> like a child. You, you. Christ in you. The hope of glory. What? The glory of the kavat, the glory of God. Hope is transferred into consummate love. Faith, hope, love. I've been consummated with him. I've entered into the Sabbath. He's entered into me. He's taken over. Glory. Bright light, flashes of peals of thunder shining out of your own soul consummation of the greatest love the Father could ever display in you, Wendy Todd. Glory. Glory. Why, a bride without spot or wrinkle. Similar pictures also in Isaiah 59. These are called the servant psalms, songs, by the way. 
when the enemy comes in like a flood. The, oh, I love this one. The spirit of the Lord will lift up what? A, a standard against him. Oh, it's gone. <laughs> the standard. Wait a minute, is it gone? The standard in the child. The standard star. The standard monarch in you, right? The standard. The enemy's, man, he's been coming at this work in the last five weeks more than I've ever had him mess with us. Probably been messing with you too. I'm like, you know, ah, we're gonna make it. The Lord said, you'll make it. It's, it's my kavod, and then it's also my kavod. It is also my, uh, it's also your enemy. He's trying to tempt you off. He's wanting you to break your loyalty. He'll, he's whispering in your ear trying to get you to deviate, make any kind of change that's not for love, that's not steadfast love. Steadfast love to me. He wants you to shift off your position and make a left or right-based decision. And I want you to move out of that consummate loyalty and love to me. I want you to know my presence. This image is the standard that belongs to a military scene. It finds the Lord arrayed as a divine warrior bringing vengeance on his enemies. According to 19a, which is in Isaiah 59, the standard raised by the Spirit, 19b, is a cloud. It's the Spirit himself. The Spirit who is denoted as the flame and the glory. The use of this name designation of the cloud is again depicted as a standard, as a military banner of Israel and has God's own name inscribed onto it. You can't see with this, what I have here with our banner, but it has all the tribes of Israel in it, all 12. It has the Lord's name in it. It's him, it's his name. It's this Hashem. Here again, the figure of the Messianic Redeemer is brought into conjunction with the glory standard. The effect of raising the glory sign is again, the inspire the fear of God from the east to the west. <laughs> the fear of the Lord would come into the midst of God's people. This banner will be radiant gathering point. It'll draw Zion's far off Sons and daughters from among the Gentiles, Isaiah 60. You know this, verse one, arise and shine. <laughs> Once more, even later on at the end of Isaiah 66, the same theme and imagery occur. The sound of the Lord will be heard executing vengeance. Verse six, the manifestation of God's wrath will be the revelation of his hand. The Lord will come with fire and a whirlwind. Chariots will come down judicial proceedings with mankind. And he will set up, listen to this, in verse, uh, it says uh, 16 and 66, a standard against idolatry. And the standard is the glory. And it is evident, for the result of setting up this is that men of all nations will see the glory of the Lord. 
Connected with this is the gathering again of God's people, verse 20 and 66, of all nations. And there's also, in verse 22, a complete blessing of recreation. This is something, you know, I'm really about. (laughs) Behold, I'm making all things new. I'm going to glorify mankind. Get ready to put on man (laughs) 2.0. This thing's about out. We're, We're almost finished with this body. We're putting on a new one, the one that he purchased and paid for. And the cursed fate of God's enemies who are portrayed as carcasses in a perpetual Gehenna. Done, man. Listen, I'm going to end end this thing. I'm going to fix everything. It's going to be over with. This week, I I got a phone call from um, Captain Kirk from the Starship Enterprise. I call uh, Kirk Bennett, I call him Captain Kirk. And he called me and, and I sent him our paradigm and I don't know if you've seen the paradigm I've drawn, drawn up with all these different aspects of what we came out of up to X2M 110 when we were in the pavilion and then coming in 111 and today's 115. But you know, I'll have all these different views of it, sound and light and you know, six days and the seventh day and you know, these different aspects that we've been through and all of us have been gathered under and then being under consummation. And he said, he wrote me last week because I sent it to him. He said, hey, could you uh, tell me what that means? And I wrote back, no. <laughs> By text, he asked me if I could text it. And I wrote, no. There's no way I'm gonna be able to text you what that means. So for five or six days, he says, the word just keeps coming to him and saying, you need to make a phone call. And so He makes a call to me this week. I know this is gonna sound kind of strange, but the Lord says to me and Nathan Jodry, and I was talking about this this week, he said, you know, I've always wanted to put a heart like David into a Solomon's body. I don't mean the defiled aspect of Solomon and a thousand wives and all that. I mean that he wanted to put the image that David bore being the lamp of Israel He wanted to put that light inside of a man who was filled with wisdom but was broken in image. Wait, I heard it from the Lord years ago because I understand why Solomon fell if he was given all that wisdom. How could he fall? And the Lord said, I only restored his likeness based in wisdom. I didn't restore his image. The feminine aspect, I didn't restore that. And so he needed, he thought he needed a commensurate thousand wives to match his wisdom because his wisdom was so amazing that he had to have an image that could balance it and nothing could satisfy him. And he said, in this hour, I wanna put a full restoration of image and likeness into my people, a high priest and a king. I gave him all that likeness and wisdom, but he needed the image restored. So it, what I'm saying is, is the words like, I wish I could put a, I wanna put a Davidic heart the image restoration of light inside of Solomon's body, the likeness of wisdom. I want to put them both together. And he says to me, he says, um, he said, Zadok's reporting in there, Solomon. (laughs) Take it for whatever you want. I said, oh, he said, yeah, the Zadok priest has got to report. And we have the most connection, most dynamic conversation. It's just back and forth, back and forth, complete like agreement. He wants to know what my position was on the royal priesthood. Now I told him what we went through with the hypostatic union and that we all had our own persona and the Lord wanted to restore hypostasis so we would have a 
Remember that? Cast out the mechanical substrate and install a translucent open-ended architecture. (laughs) I wanna put my pattern of priest king in your soul so that your mishkan, your tabernacle can integrate with my light and my glory, my Shekinah. And I told him that and I said, but that's not our persona. We have our, each have our own persona. Jesus has his own, we all have our own. And I said, royal priesthood to me is, is the Lord restores the royal priest king pattern inside of us that allows us to have relationship with the light of the Shekinah glory of God. And in that relation, our persona actually comes online. And he said, man, that's the best I've heard explained. I was like, that's royal priesthood. You get his full divinity in your humanity. Amen. You know, can I please have that? You know, because this other stuff hasn't been working. I'd rather have your full divinity. Well, I paid for it. The Lord's like, I paid for it. You can have my 10-part Christology. Here, take it. And now let your persona come online. (laughs) I mean, it hadn't been seen who you really are yet, Daisy. (laughs) But when you see him, you will be like him, for you will see him as he is. You see what I mean, Tom Gross? Do you see what I mean? The fullness of God's reality in you expressing through the persona of Tom Allen Gross. This is her middle name, right? I know his middle name. I better know, know those who labor among you. Thank you for laboring among us. <laughs> but do you see? Kirk was like, that's amazing. I said, that's royal priesthood. He said, I agree with you. We got agreement after agreement after agreement. And I said, man, this thing is, this is happening. The, the national high priest is called in and he's, uh, he's good. And he says, you know, I want the M, you know. <laughs> and he said, it's all about entering into rest, isn't it, Carol? And I said, yes. I said, I've been so afraid that my father's not gonna take care of me. I've been through so many evolutions of this. Evolution after evolution after evolution, stuck with no gas, stuck with no food, don't know what you're gonna do, sitting with no way to get the kids anything for their birthdays, don't know what you're gonna do, sitting there and saying, and the Lord said, stop looking at it, stop looking at your needs, stop looking at it, you're looking at the wrong thing, get your eyes, get your eyes, get your eyes on me. Get your eyes on me, right? All of a sudden, transition uh, reality breaks in and you're, what was I so upset about? My needs and this person don't like me and that person, I'll take care of everything for you. Welcome to the Sabbath. Labor therefore to enter into the rest of faith, right? The rest of God. There's no more striving, there's no more trying, there's no more judgment. Judgment against yourself, taking judgments from others, what? No, it's steadfast love. And so Kirk says this to me, and I'm gonna close with this today. He says, Carol, you gotta look at Isaiah chapter 16, verse five. And I, don't, I tell you, I, it's like I'd never read my Bible. I, I didn't know this verse. It says, then a king or monarch and his throne will be established. Listen to this in loving kindness. He will rule in a trustworthy manner. 
this one from the Davidic dynasty. He will be sure to make just decisions and he will be experienced in executing justice swiftly. I'm gonna read it again because it was like I'd never read it. Then a king or monarch and his throne will be established. Uh, Proverbs 24.3, by wisdom a house is, you know what? Built. And through understanding it is, what? Established. Man dwell with your wives with what? Understanding. By wisdom a house is built and through understanding it is established. Then a king and monarch and his throne will be established in what? Listen, listen. Chased. I have a little bit harder time saying the chet, but it chased. You know this word? Chased. Listen to this. I, I got taken into this. This chased, listen to what it means. It means loyalty. It means joint obligation. It means faithfulness. It means goodness. It means graciousness. It means godly action. The Lord says to me, look a little bit deeper into this. Now I wanna land this thing in so that you might have heard a lot of things I said, but this will be the thing you hear when you leave this room today. Genesis 24, 12. Abraham's servant is going to go, I believe if I'm correct on this, he's gonna go and find a wife for Isaac. And he says this in 2412, he says, and he said, oh Lord, God of my master Abraham, please grant me success today and show chased to my master Abraham. Show him steadfast love. Later on in Genesis 2449, the servant's going to say, now then, if you're going to show chased or steadfast love, and faithfulness to my master, tell me. Watch this, and if not, tell me. That I may turn to the right hand or to the left. You heard me say it a lot up here. Which one are you gonna choose, a blue or a red? He's saying, look, if you'll show Hased, if you'll show your steadfast love to my master, it'll come down on me and I'll know what to do. Because otherwise I'm gonna have to make a left-based capitulation, whatever, born out of fear maybe, or I'm gonna make a right-based anger born out of pretentious pride decision. I don't know what decision to make. Uh, my judgments, I don't know which one's right because one of them is based in what I see and the other one's based in what I think I see. But which one is right? I don't know what to do here. I don't know, you know, because he, do you understand? Abraham's servant has been tasked with carrying on the, the seed that's going to go to Christ. He's tasked with something that is really important, the transmission of seed. It's gonna go through Isaac, Rebecca, it's gonna go through uh, Jacob. 
It's gonna form the 12 tribes of Israel. It's gonna relate through Judah and come one day into the very son of God through Mary. And I think what I, I saw this and because it's been breaking in on me, I've been having this. Uh, one person says this, another person says this, and they're complete and utterly opposed to each other. One thought I have about it and a thought I have about it over here and I could build you a white paper on either thing. I could, I could justify anything I wanted to, even biblically. I don't know if you deal with this, but I'm like, I can make a biblical precedent for this and a biblical precedent for that and I could be right on either one of them. But So I could be completely right and in the wrong spirit or I could be completely wrong and in the right spirit and neither one of them would be the Lord. And in this, ah, 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 whoa, whoa. I said, what was that? Everything's clear now. Everything that seems so dim now has become strangely clear in the light of his glory and his grace. Let's all stand. Israel said it, man. They said this. They said, great is his mercy and his said. I don't know what to do. But my loyalty is to you. You see? I can't make sense out of what you're saying. Why would you tell me to do that? I'm testing your loyalty to me. And then all of a sudden, in a, they said, and she said, and he said, and I said, and whatever, and I'm gonna put my foot down, I'm gonna capitulate, whatever. And in the middle of it is, yeah, I said, you said, ha said. <laughs> Thank you, JD. And love, love of the presence of Yahweh comes in. <sighs> mm. That's what has been happening to me so many times. It's been breaking in in the middle of the context of favor, not anymore of being ashamed or having to go through humiliation. But what about when God's glory comes to you and they say, this is what you're really about, you pretentious, <laughs> you know. That's what I've heard. You're, you're just trying to do a big showboat thing and be show off and everything. That's why you do what you do. You're pretentious. You're trying to do your thing. Well, maybe you're right, but I don't know. I don't really know anymore. Why? Because what I found is the only thing that's gonna guide us, ladies and gentlemen, remnant family of the Lord is Hasid. I need your love because I don't know what to do. And God made it this way. And what's coming in on you and your families right now is he's saying, let me tear through down into the fabric of your judgments and your self-judgments and other people's judgments. And let me just come on down out of eternal time. Let me come out of the Olam and restore your soul and let me give you me. Let me hased with you. I'm the steadfast lover. I'm great in faithfulness. I will never let you down. I'm with you all your days. Let me in, let me in. And if you will and I will, 
You're going to see the greatest demonstration of the glory of God you've ever seen because he has a whole company, a whole company in the remnant that is motivated only by love. Not this fake cheapo thing that we hear in our culture every time, but no, but by his very own nature, doing his thing through us. You know, he told me, he says, I don't want to do this thing anymore where you see me like this. I want to just come inside. (laughs) I want you to see me seeing you out of your own eyes. (laughs) That's what what he told me this morning. He says, I am... I am millennial monarch. I said, I can't say that. He said, just say it. Go on the line for it. I was like, I don't understand. He says, I am that I am is with you. I'm with you. Like, don't fight this. Don't, don't worry about it. Don't worry about anything. Will you sing that, the goodness? Will you sing the goodness? While Stephen's singing us about what this is all about, about him, What's come for communion? Genesis 39, 21, but the Lord was with Joseph and he showed him steadfast love and he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison and Joseph's going to get free and he comes out and he's going to rule and govern the nation. Exodus 15, 13, And you add in your steadfast love, Hased, the people whom you've redeemed. And you guided them by your strength to your holy abode. Exodus 20, verse 6. But showing Hased to thousands of those that keep my, that love me and keep my commandments. Exodus 34, 6. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord. A God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in hased and faithfulness. Exodus 34, 7. Keeping his hased for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children on the third and the fourth generation. Numbers 14, 18. The Lord is slow to anger and abounding in hased. He forgives iniquity and transgression, but he will by no means clear the guilty. Listen, Deuteronomy 5.10, but he shows his hased to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. Deuteronomy 7.9, know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He's the faithful God who keeps covenant 
and hased with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Judges 8.35, 1 Samuel 20.14, if I am still alive, show me, hased of the Lord, that I, listen, that I may not die. <laughs> oh, thank you for that one. Because you will live and not die. Do you hear it? He said, if you show me your steadfast love, I won't die. <laughs> First Samuel 20, 15, don't cut off your steadfast love, your hased from my house forever. When the Lord cuts off every one of the enemies of David from off the face of the earth. Second Samuel 2, 6, now may the Lord show hased and faithfulness to you. And I will do good to you because you have done this thing. And Solomon said, 1 Kings 3, 6, you have shown great, you've shown great and hased to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in faithfulness and righteousness and uprightness of heart towards you. And you have kept for him this great, Hased, and have given him a son to sit on his throne this day. First Kings 8, 23, and he said, O Lord God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven, above or on the earth, beneath, keeping covenant and showing Hased to your servants who walk before you with all their heart. We need we must have this, this said, we must. Lord, tear out the overlays and all the things that are hindering the steadfast love, all of our patterns of our past. Uh, some of us have been so wounded from so many things and the Lord's just tearing down into all of that to just give us himself. Open me up, Lord, and have your way. Have your way with all of us. Because I know, like he said, Eleazar, I believe it was, maybe I'm wrong, but he says, if you'll show Abraham my master, Hassan, I won't have to make left and right based decisions anymore. Lord took the bread and he broke it. Said, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And he took the cup and he said, this is the cup of the new covenant which is poured out for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Every time, every time that you get into this place where you're just like, I don't know what to do, Lord. And I, I can't take the judgments from whatever, from my pastor, from whatever, Lord. Deliver your, deliver your hased to me. Just ask him. Let him rush in on you. 
like he's been doing to me multiple times during the week. I was like, I can't figure it out. He's like, I'll come in on you. I'm coming in on you. I'm, ah, 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 ah. It's hurting. I'm, I'm feeling pain. I'm, my emotions are affected. My mind's affected. Just come in on me. I pray the Lord will come in on you. If he hadn't already, and just jump into your body and take over. And that you'll know the fullness that Christ has for you. And that he'll make us one, John 17 even as he and the Father are one. standard is very different than to uh, have a banner. This is a standard. It has the vertical and it has a horizontal piece and then the banner itself drops. And so inviting us to lift up a standard, that is who we are. Squaring our shoulders, centering ourselves on Christ, lifting him up. And that settles the arguments. On the way to church, I was looking at MapQuest. And as we came into worship, the Lord said, this is my MapQuest. And one of the phenomenons of looking at MapQuest are alternative routes to get from one point to another. And the shortest, easiest way is the main way. It's not the highways I want you to take, it's the byways. And so in expanding the view, I could see all these paths I hadn't noticed before. And the Lord said, this is my calling into the highways. And I was thinking, oh, maybe we shouldn't have highways. And all of a sudden I saw these angel armies landing. And I remember my father telling me that the highway system was built for armies to land on, because he was a pilot. And I saw this great order and intention in the heart of God as he lifts up a standard, which means we square and center ourselves on God, on Christ, carrying him in us to manifest him. It's the way home. We're at the intersections. We're at the highways and the byways. And we're saying, come in, come in. This is the way home. Abiding in Hasid settles the issue of where we live. So I just am agreeing with what Carol's saying. It's the lowest point in that whole M is the center. So we, by becoming less, he becomes more, but it's not the uh, John the Baptist way. It's more like a lost, no longer me, but you. Uh, yeah. So. 
May the Lord bless you. Like, and may the Lord keep you. And may the Lord make his face shine upon you. And may the Lord be gracious to you. And may you have peace. Amen. Bless you today.